listening to the 919 podcast. This is the only podcast all about the over 1.5 million people living in and transforming the triangle. And happy new year. Hopefully you all had an amazing and restful end of the year, spent time with family and friends, enjoyed being in town or out of town. I had a great time and stayed in the triangle for most of it. Um, But I did take a trip out west to see Winston-Salem and see some people, so not too far. If this is your first time listening to the 919 podcast, I am so sorry that my voice is very hoarse. I was at an NC State basketball game, and as a passionate fan, my voice is still recovering from the yelling. So, maybe you've made it part of your New Year's resolutions to listen to more podcasts, and in that case, you have come to the right place. My promise to you is that if you listen to this podcast, you will come to love the 919 area code and appreciate it even more than you do now. Okay, so now on to the episode. I interviewed Jared Plummer of Two Roosters Ice Cream. Jared has uh, was gracious enough to spend some time with me. Uh, he has a very busy schedule. We talked about his story and how he came to love ice cream so much that he started a business around it. We had a great time. I think you can tell that during the recording. And what I'm about to tell you is of utmost importance. For the month of January... Mention the 919 podcast when ordering at Two Roosters and get any topping for free. That's any topping for free just by stopping by and mentioning the 919 podcast. I'll be going. You should too. They've got amazing flavors and really fun location. And with that, let's jump into the conversation with Jared Plummer. Okay, I'm here with Jared Plummer, chief ice cream maker, head truck driver, founder and owner of Two Roosters Ice Cream. Jared, thanks for being on the 919 podcast. Absolutely. Glad to be here. So tell me about yourself. What are you about? How did you come to live in the Triangle? Yeah, so what brought me to the Raleigh-Durham area was NC State. I attended NC State for undergrad and actually have a master's degree in accounting. So I've uh, been in Raleigh starting since 2001 and uh, loved it so much that I decided to stay. Eventually met my wife, so now our roots are very deep here. Where where did you live before uh, coming to Raleigh? Yeah, so I grew up in a small town called Stokesdale, right outside of Greensboro. Uh, two stoplights, um, very different than Raleigh, but uh, yeah. had some really great times growing up. Yeah, First job was on a farm, uh, random thing, but yeah, so that's any indication of my growing up uh first job on a cow farm nice nice (laughs) is it north of greensboro it is so towards the virginia that's correct yeah yeah i grew up in winston-salem so um same area ish but yeah you go outside of the city you know five miles and there can be farms oh yeah um so you own two roosters ice cream what made you so passionate about ice cream that you decide to start a business um about it yeah it I, I always like to say that ice cream sort of found me. Um, <laughs> yeah, honestly, man, it was... Uh, so I, I have degrees in accounting, and I did the CPA life for about eight years. And for a long time, ice cream was really just a hobby. You know, it's sort of a creative outlet. I would come home. We had the 
Cuisinart machines at home, and I would just make ice cream for friends and for dinner parties, and again, as, as really as a creative outlet, just to get away from the day, and it was fun, and my wife obviously loves ice cream, so um, I enjoyed giving lot, lots of... Uh, Lots of ice cream away in those early days. Did you, did you package it early on and like give it away? Yeah, like I, I found some just like plastic, you know, like cork containers. I would recycle things like you know Good. sour cream containers, <laughs> oh. you know, like People anything like, I could is, why? <laughs> recycle whatever I could find. But uh, so yeah, I I was tinkering a lot at home, and I I the part of the fun at that point was just all the different flavors, and I would make these concoctions and take them to dinner parties, etc. And people eventually started saying, man, this is really, really good. Like, I've never tasted anything like this. And have you thought about selling it? And if I go back, that that was really in 2011, 2010-ish. Mm-hmm. And um, it was around that time I was sort of getting the itch as far as, like, leaving CPA world. And that just, you know, my business training sort of background People started planting those seeds about selling ice cream, and my business was like, my business mind was like, well, maybe I, maybe I could, and that's really how it started. It, it was a hobby that turned into an obsession, that turned into a business. That was a progression. That's awesome. So, how did you come up with the name Two Roosters? Very interesting. Not necessarily makes you think of ice cream right off the bat, but how did you, how did you come up with the? Well, now it does because yeah, right. <laughs> I've been there so many times. Right. I know, but yeah, how did you come up with two roosters? That's probably the number one question I get outside of uh, driving around in the food truck. The guys always ask me what year uh, the food truck is, um, but the no- but the number two question is where did the name come from? And going back to where I grew up, Stokesdale, my grandmother, well, we actually called her Granny. Granny lived um, a little less than a mile away from um, my family. And we would spend a lot of times during the summer, my cousins would come over to her house and we would just hang out, a lot of family time. And in the summers we would make homemade ice cream uh, in the old, you know, rock salt, hand churn, mm-hmm. child labor, uh, <laughs> old fashioned ice cream. And we would do that on her front porch. And if you go to the website, if you come to the shops, uh, there's a picture of Granny's house and the, there are two very uh, bold, wooden roosters that are above her door on her front porch Mm -hmm. and so when i was thinking about storytelling ice cream my family story um rather than just like some generic you know frozen dessert uh title i thought what is just quirky enough that people might remember um, right and then also maybe associate that with you know a family experience like we did so it's it's really a tribute to my granny, uh, two roosters ice cream. Yeah, thanks, granny. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's awesome. I don't know if she you you uh, pay her the rights to the. <laughs> yeah, well, unfortunately, she passed in two thousand five, uh, so she uh, she never got to see um, the genesis of two roosters, the ice cream. But uh, her legacy and just her memory lives on, just uh, with that's my really family. Cool. Yeah, that's really cool. Well, early on, you had small beginnings, and I've seen the truck and trailer, so. Um, yeah, you originally just in a truck and trailer, right? Mm-hmm, that's so tell, so tell me about that and how, you know, when you're starting business, I guess you just caught on to the food truck kind of wave or, you know. Yeah, so when I was sort of convincing my wife to allow me to do this, <laughs> uh, you know, it was, um, it was a calculated risk, but it was a risk nonetheless. And the way I processed it was if I'm going to 
<clears throat> transition from one career to another, uh, what is what is the lowest risk possible um, mm-hmm. for for my family's sake? And uh, while the food truck is still a risk, it was a lower risk than say just flat out opening a brick and mortar store from the beginning and no one knows about you. So and, and the food truck uh, market at that time, this was going back to 2014-ish, was really um, about to hit sort of the saturation. So a lot of food trucks were coming on mm-hmm. the scene and the food truck scene in the Triangle was, was really hot. And so we said, well, maybe there's only like one or two other sort of frozen dessert slash ice cream places. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, let's just let's just start there and we'll see how it goes. If if people don't like our ice cream, if something should happen, we, you know, worst case, we just sell all the equipment. We sell the truck, the trailer, get some, some of the money back and we figure out something next. So that was really for us how, you know, we processed through those early days. Tell me about the truck and trailer, because they're they're pretty iconic. I say driving around town. Yeah, right? we like to think so. <laughs> we call it the two roosters turquoise. That's sort of the the color scheme on the truck and trailer. But uh, yeah, you know, when I was thinking of um, even just the the very beginning of the business, I said, well, if I'm going to do a food truck first, I've got all these amazing crazy ice cream flavors. So to me, it makes sense to have a vehicle that's super rad. <laughs> to pedal the amazing crazy ice cream sure. flavors and you know back and forth so um we said well, what what can be different what can be fresh and hip and uh, that's how the the 65 ford truck came to be i found it in south carolina on craigslist and then once we found the truck uh, i had a guy actually out of ohio build sort of a custom it looks very old uh, people think it's old but uh it it looks like a, a 1950s model little uh, ham trailer, um, canned ham trailer, uh, but it's new and fresh and pretty cool. It's fun. All right. It looks really cool. Yeah. yeah. And you're right. It does look very vintage. Um, so I like that feel. Were there any mishaps early on when you had the truck and trailer? Oh man, one of my uh, one of my favorite stories is uh, well, favorite as in. I like to tell it now. In the moment, it was terrifying. <laughs> it was not fun at the yeah, time. Yeah, so our first is weird because my wife, who has her own small business, she has her own career. It, she's awesome. Um, she was very gracious in those in that first selling season to help me as best she could on the food truck. So we had booked an event, um, our first sort of paying sort of public event that we were doing. Not just showing up and hoping people buy. Yeah, it. not just showing up. Like they had paid us real money to come and real serve ice cream. <laughs> and uh, so we were actually, we started the business out of the cookery in Durham. A lot of people will know about the cookery as the event space, culinary incubator. That's where we chose to start Two Roosters. So on our way to this event, uh, we drove the food truck to Durham. Once we got to Durham, um, we went to load in the ice cream and I noticed that all underneath the truck, there was some sort of fluid um, spilling out of the truck. Come to find out, it was um, antifreeze. And it I thought I, I had blown the truck up on our first outing as a business. Um, so I'm frantically oh. calling like the only mechanic I know in town. Uh, this was on a weekend, so I'm like, maybe he'll pick up. Calling, frantic, hey man... I think I blew my truck up. Like, I know you're not here, but is there any way that you can help? And so he's sort of... It's a fun phone call. Oh, (laughs) unbelievable. That guy's been awesome along the way. But um, 
come to find out, just extra fluid, so nothing major happened with that, which uh, was still on edge the whole day, but, um, you know, that was resolved. But second part of that story is I had made the ice cream like a day or two before this event and had left it in the deep freeze, meaning like negative 10 degrees. Well, just to sort of geek out, the perfect sort of temperature for serving ice cream is about 10 degrees. So it was 20 degrees. The ice cream itself was about 20 degrees colder than what it should have been in a perfect yeah. scenario. So we pull the ice cream out, get on the truck. We go to the event. We set up. We're, we're half an hour late as it starts with because of the whole antifreeze deal. We get there. We start to serve ice cream, and someone orders chocolate ice cream. And dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and... Think about chocolate, to geek out a little bit, uh, it has a higher fat content, so it's a little bit... Um, Wait, ice cream has fat. <laughs> the good kind. Of. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. The happy kind. <laughs> the happy kind, yes. Um, chocolate ice cream tends to have a little bit um, higher fat content, um, and I could not scoop the chocolate ice cream. It was so hard because we had just pulled out of the freezer, oh my and so we had the... Uh, we basically had to just sort of scrape the chocolate ice cream and apologize profusely many times when people oh. order chocolate ice cream. Um, so I learned a lot that day um, about myself, about the truck, about serving ice cream, about my wife. Um, so that was quite the adventure. And maybe you were ahead of the curve because shaved ice cream is kind of catching on. It so. is, yeah. We were we were like the rolled ice cream before the rolled ice cream. You know? <laughs> By accident. Oh, yeah. Gosh. Well, my first experience with Two Roosters was seeing the truck and trailer, the turquoise, uh, what do you call it, the turquoise? The Two Roosters turquoise. Two Roosters tur- turquoise, that's a mouthful, um, uh, pull up to an overnight event with some other college students at um, our church. I think I tried coffee bourbon, I think you had that. Yeah. So how do you come up with the flavors? Because that's, that's, that's something you'd find at like, just any ice cream place. Yeah, you know, that's part of the fun for me. Um, so when we started, I, I thought about the menu, and it's always been sort of... I want to have flavors that are sort of uh, that Two Roosters is known for that people can come and they can have all the time. So we have about ten flavors that have been around since day one, and um, one of those, as you mentioned, the coffee bourbon has been around since uh, inception. But then we also have what we call the guest list, and that guest list rotates every month. So as far as the creative process goes for me, I start at at the top of each month, and I say, okay, for this month. Is there a holiday? Is there a certain general food theme that happens during this month? Is it is the weather turning like summertime? Mm-hmm. And when I pick sort of the theme, then that's when the creative juices start to flow in terms of how like the flavors to uh, to correlate to that theme, and then all the details get hashed out as far as you know the five to six flavors that come on as guests. And uh, I have a lot of fun with that because half the time they're special collaborations. Um, like we've done a bakery series where we par- partnered with five local bakeries to formulate some different flavors. Um, we're doing a cake series. Um, there, there's five different cake makers in town that I really appreciate. I saw so the we, red velvet one. Yeah, right? the, yeah, we, we partnered with um, the Cupcake Shop in downtown Raleigh to do a red velvet um, cream cheese, sort of cheesecake thing going on. It's delicious. Um, so yeah, that's that's really how it happens in terms of flavor development. And I'm constantly looking um, around to see what, what's happening in our community. And that's the cool thing about our area is that there's a, a lot of really interesting and really uh, eclectic um, 
group of purveyors that are doing some pretty yeah. cool things. I've always wondered this for local ice cream shops, and maybe this is a trade secret, but where do you get your ingredients from? Um, yeah, you know, for me, it's I, I piecemeal it a lot. I, sometimes um, there are ice cream makers that have one sort of um, source that they order all their stuff from. But for me, it's almost like every flavor comes from a different place. Like, for instance, we'll just use the, the coffee bourbon because it's fun and a lot of people like it. So the coffee, you know, when I was thinking about the menu, I was like, well, I could go to the grocery store. I could call up, you know, um, a food distribution company and get coffee. But I'm like, there's this really incredible cold brew coffee company in Raleigh, Slingshot Coffee, mm-hmm. that I would love to support those guys. Um, so then I was like, that's a no-brainer. And then I said, well, is there any sort of distillery that I could talk to about maybe there might doing be one. some bourbon, <laughs> yeah. you know? And so we found Mystic Bourbon mm-hmm. in Durham. And so that's really how, you know, the sourcing goes. Um, you know, we get all of our mix from two places. Our dairy mix, which serves as the base of our ice cream, comes from, uh, interestingly enough, NC State's Howling Cow. So we partner with those guys. To- that's why your ice cream's so good. Okay, <laughs> just that makes because sense. it's NC State. <laughs> Um, we just found that like, I went to NC State. Um, you know, our it's funny because the guys at the Howling Cow will sometimes admit that our ice cream is better. I, I, I don't want to go on record about that, but oh, you just did. I just did. Uh, so we use the same cows. I'll just put it that way. Okay. Not the same ingredients that get added, but the same cows. We use the Howling Cow, and then also a small family dairy um, outside Greensboro called uh, Homeland Creamery. So we, we source our dairy from two places because of the volume that we do. Right. So we try to keep it as local as we can. That's awesome. And then um, does that, that farm you mentioned, is that close to where you grew up? Sort of, yeah. It's actually in a town called Julian, and Julian is about 30 minutes from where I grew up in Stokesdale. Awesome. Yeah. So next, I, I've just got to ask, what's it like being a full-time entrepreneur you're also starting a family i think in the past year you your family had a baby right that's, that's correct so, yeah so you're not busy yeah right? just you know just add to the crazy <laughs> how great like what is that like having you know full-time family full-time uh business yeah it's uh it's pretty intense you know i think just like a lot of things in life it's it's definitely a steep learning curve um the first year you know with the business and we, we've expanded, so now we have, we started one store, well, we started with the food truck, and then we opened in one store, and then we have a stand at the Durham Bulls Stadium, and now we have a second store, and possibly even a third on the horizon. Um, so to go through sort of that expansion and the high peak seasons, it's quite intense. Um, so my wife and I, we had, we've had along the way many heart-to-hearts about schedule about um, saying yes to this event or no to that event um, tr- really trying to keep our family intact as yeah, best we can that's great. now the thing about ice cream is it's very seasonal so you know starting in like early November it sort of drops off um, for us and then it'll pick back up really end of March or so so um, I do get to recapture a lot of lost family time from the summers, but uh, perfect it's perfect for the holidays. So yeah, exactly. And so we try to make the most of that. But you know, I think it's just like a lot of things in life. I think a lot of careers are very cyclical in that way. There's peaks and valleys to crazy times, busy times, mm-hmm. and so uh, for me, it's just sort of a, a blender of sorts of responsibilities um on the food truck managing our staff like 
coming working with our our friends to come up with new flavors on the collaboration side so it's quite the hustle um but you know when when you enjoy what you're doing um you, you know the time is important um but it's also very rewarding mm-hmm. so it's not um such drudgery to um you know spend a very long day and be away from your family if they understand that you'll be coming back very soon right and with ice cream and with ice cream so you know ice cream does make most things better including a marriage and family life so you talked about your stores and i'll be honest i think i've been to the durham bulls uh location more than i have uh the one in north raleigh sure so you mentioned your locations uh, what was it like on opening day, going from a, a truck trailer to you have now a brick and mortar store? Did you feel accomplished? Oh gosh, man. Well, you know that's it's an interesting question because that was always sort of the end goal. You know, with the food truck, it, it was sort of a, a means to an end. You know, the, the ultimate goal was to have my own place to call home that I could come to every day and I can make the biggest mess I ever wanted to, <laughs> and you know, only I am responsible for right. it. So. Um, so yeah, going from the truck to the brick and mortar was was definitely a dream realized. Um, through a various sequence of events, uh, we we actually were were hoping to open in May of that opening year, but ended up not opening until July. And with that, um, I made the best decision and possibly the worst decision I ever made, <laughs> in that we opened on July sixteenth, which that year was National Ice Cream Day. Okay. So, you know, it seems seems like a good choice. Yeah, it seems like a logical choice, right? Heat of the summer, ice cream day, everyone wants it. And that was true. We opened (laughs) and mobs of people came. Um, I think that with the anticipation that had been built up around, like, people knowing us for a year or two with the food truck, um... At that point, we had just started serving at the Bull Stadium, so people were becoming aware of us there. You know, the, our social media presence was, you know, we sort of dialed that in, so we had good traction there. Mm-hmm. We had, you know, some of the news outlets um, announced that, you know, we're opening on National Ice Cream Day. Oh, man. And we just got pounded. Um, <laughs> and I did something that week. The week leading up to that grand opening, I pulled two all-nighters to get all the last minute details, to get enough ice cream made. And so that opening day is a little bit of a blur, to be honest. I remember highlights of the day, but I was so exhausted. And and it was on that day we decided that we were going to be closed on Mondays to recover from all the crazy of weekends and so forth. And we have been closed every Monday since then. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> so if people see that we're closed on Mondays, that is the genesis of that. So different, you know, not closed on Sundays like Chick Fil A, closed on Mondays. Right. So I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> wow. Um, well, I gotta ask, uh, fan favorite flavor. Oh gosh. Um, up to this point, um, is it the classic ones that people would think, or is it specialty? I, I would say so. In the early days, we did you know the, the classic cookies and cream, which hands down is one of my favorites just because well it's a loaded thing because i can eat a whole sleeve of oreos in one sitting so mm-hmm. it's it's sort of a loaded question when so I get you're asked. a normal person yes exactly <laughs> um so cookies and cream for a long time was our, our number one seller kids adults like it um but then we did something really unique um last summer is that there's a 
there's some girls that opened this really fun bakery called Southern Sugar Bakery. And they make these, like, I mean, they're cookies, but they're works of art cookies. It's amazing. And so I reached out to them and said, hey, do you guys do an edible cookie dough? Because I know cookie dough is a huge trend. People love it. And obviously, cookie dough ice cream people really enjoy. And so, um, so I reached out, and they said, well, actually, we've been working on a recipe and let me try it. It was like the best thing I've ever tasted in terms of cookie dough. <laughs> and so uh, I decided to, to put it in the ice cream. And the month that we did, the first month that we did it, we sold about 400 gallons of cookie dough ice cream. <laughs> it, was, it was insane. And so at that point, it was one of our guest flavors, meaning that it was going to go away at the end of the month. But the uproar was so loud that, you know, I'm I, I'm for the people, of the people, by the people. And so uh, I said, we probably should make this a regular flavor. And so now it is. It's a regular on our menu, and it's it's, a it's f- our number one. Yep. Really? Yep. It's a, you call it a forever flavor. A forever. Yeah. Or if you look at the menu, it's actually called the regular. The regular. It's the regular gotcha. list. Yeah, the regulars, the guests. And yeah. Gotcha. What's the craziest flavor you've made? I've uh, made a lot. Yeah, there's several. Um, I would say the one that gets talked about even still, it's been off the menu for quite some time, but we did it when we first opened. Um, it was a pizza ice cream. Yeah, if you can, <laughs> if you can imagine all the elements of uh, not a meat pizza like pepperoni, <laughs> but just like a simple, straightforward cheese pizza. Um, it had all the elements of a cheese pizza. Instead wow. of like you know shredded cheese, the dairy, you know the dairy cream yeah. served as as that flavor element, but pretty much everything else was in. That's really interesting. It was yeah, and the way that I would articulate it to people was it's surprisingly not disgusting, <laughs> and so it's it's one of the the most sampled flavors. I I would uh, be remiss if I if if I said you know it's the most ordered flavor. Uh-huh. Um, but it was fun, and people still ask about it. We had a couple articles written about it, and uh, it was, yeah, it was fun. I think I should bring it back at some point. That sounds crazy. <laughs> I definitely want to try it, though. Uh, I'm trying to wrap my head around, like, what that tastes like. Yeah, it, that's what your your mind doesn't know what to do with it, because it's a cold <laughs> ice cream, but it tastes like pizza. Right. It's, it's super weird. What are some other crazy flavors? Yeah, so this past uh, November... Um, we, we always sort of do a Thanksgiving-themed month for November. So growing up, I still do at this point, have green bean casserole. So I thought, what, you know, <laughs> could I could I do a green bean casserole ice cream? And, it, you know, I started picking the flavor apart, and I was like, well, that's sort of gross in ice cream, and that flavor element doesn't work, but what about just green bean ice cream? And so I did some research, did some testing, and um, there's actually an Asian bean called mung beans, M-U-N-G, and I used it to make this sort of like paste that went into the ice cream, and it was, it even sort of blew my mind because it tastes like an earthy peanut butter. Like, it's a green bean, Uh if you Google it, it looks like a, a pea actually, but in the ice cream it tastes like peanut butter. It, it was like this super weird mind bending thing. So, do you advertise as green bean, or do you? We did because if I put butter? mung bean, like no one would know what that was. Like no, so, thank you. <laughs> yeah, but like at least the green bean like made people think about it. They want uh-huh. to ask. So we sampled a lot of that one. Again, 
not the most ordered flavor in the sure. world, but you know, just it, all these. Sometimes these flavors are just to prove what we can do with ice cream, not necessarily how much of something we can sell, but this is what we can do. I always wondered. So I, I recently visited some friends in Portland. There's, mm-hmm. there's that's another great food scene. There's a place called Salt and Straw. Yeah, and they they do interesting flavors too. Do you have a do you have a network of people or that you trade ideas with or do you visit these other places and get ideas inspiration from that's a great that's a great question actually when i first started two roosters way back when 2011 through i I did some formal training because again i have an accounting business degree background and so when i was transitioning i was like i have to have a skill set because all i know is what i'm doing at home so i went to to several different sessions um in in a place in new york city and learn sort of the art, the craft, uh, a little bit about the business. And then through those workshops, I met a couple of other ice cream owners. So over a series of about six months, I actually took some vacation time uh, from the accounting thing and went and essentially worked for free with these guys and just said, hey, teach me whatever you would allow me to know. Um, So I went and worked in the shops. I made ice cream. I sat with them and just learned as much as I could. So... Um, one in particular that I still have contact with is uh, Little Babies, which is in Philadelphia. <laughs> um, those guys are, are awesome guys. They push the limits on a lot of what they'll do in ice cream. Uh, so they, they do some really eclectic, funky things. And uh, their branding is good. They've expanded. You know, they, they're, they're doing well. So I love keeping up with those guys as we sort of journey together. But um yeah, if ever I have questions, and that's, you know, there is some camaraderie uh, amongst ice cream people, as it were. Um, obviously, if you're in the same market, your shop's right down the street, you know, your your secrets might be a, a little more tight. But if you're outside the market across the country, I've had several people just open up, like, this is how we did it. Mm-hmm. And and now it's fun because I am now able to do that with some other folks, Um in ice cream and then some other like food truck type of businesses and cafes and stuff. And so just, I learned everything that I know about ice cream and and food and business. So it's a great opportunity for me now to teach whatever I know to other people that are trying to learn. So that's, that's sort of a page turn for me and it's really rewarding. That's cool. All right. Anything exciting happening in 2019? 19. So, um, not sure if the listeners will know, but we had our second store um, opened on uh, Person Street in downtown Raleigh. Everyone will know where Krispy Kreme is. We're just up the street. And uh, we opened that temporarily for about three or four months as sort of a pop-up. We closed it um, back in October. We're currently doing renovations. Mm-hmm. So we'll be coming back bigger, better, more permanent, hopefully March, April of okay. 2019. And so that'll be a full-blown, standalone, you know, second store and um, all the things where we were getting booked for weddings with the food truck mm. all the time. And um, we're just loving creating more and different flavors for people. It's it, that's, that's the real fun for me. That's awesome. Well, Jared, thanks so much for joining the nine one on podcast and uh, yeah, good luck. Absolutely, man. Thank you guys. You just listened to Jared talk about Two Roosters ice cream. And again, for the month of January, mention the 919 podcast when ordering and get any topping for free. 
If you're a new listener, follow the pod on social medias, all of them, at The 919 Podcast. And if you have suggestions for future episodes or want to reach out for any reason, email me, the919podcast at gmail.com. If you've been following on Facebook or Twitter, we've been doing a countdown of our top 10 most downloaded episodes of 2018. We're not quite through it yet, so make sure to follow and you can get that information. I'll leave you with one last thing. Make it your goal this week to tell one person, just one, about this podcast. I promise they will think you're super cool. And with that, thanks for listening.